Danny, how you doing, man? This lot seem bound to do the same, but they will rue the day. Ah, I see. <laughs> yep. Shall I be mother? Flawless impression. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So we've got all that to. Yep, we've got Danny's flawless impression to look forward to. Yep, absolutely. That's going to be... I know you're all excited, listeners. I know you're jumping out of your seats. Yep. Uh, but try and clunk, click, buckle up uh, to, to try and make sure you don't explode from the sheer joy and thrill of hearing Danny's impression of Margaret Thatcher. Yeah, because, like, you know, I was like, whoa, this will rock everyone's socks when I was sat in a hotel room for six months perfecting the character for this specific mm, episode mm. before we even decided to do a podcast together i knew that this impression was going to come up at some point <laughs> so you know hold on to your phalanges you know um you uh yes um so there you go before we get too too intensely critical of of, of cinema um do you have uh some bullshit for today i do yes um oh lovely shall i spin the wheel you should The Texas abortion ban. Oh fucking hell! Aye, yeah, I it's um, it's it's one of those things where I've been trying to keep abreast of it, but the more I look into it, I just get angry when I start reading things. Yeah. So I I have to sort of shut it down and think, okay, let's let's take five minutes and come back to it, and then I'm too angry to go back to it. Yeah. So should we have a brief rundown? Have you got some notes or something? I do. Yes. Um. Lovely stuff. So uh, last Wednesday. Uh, a near total ban on abortion was implemented in Texas. Um, mm. Women are not... See, already now I'm getting angry. Yeah. I've only said about ten minutes. <laughs> oh, fuck's, fuck's sake. Right, sake. carry on. So it's... it's um, women are prevented from getting an abortion six weeks after conceptions. Uh, and this includes cases of um, sexual assault or incest. Um, it's... Yeah, it's probably the, the most extensive so far. Uh, sort of uh, erosion of women's reproductive rights and um well you know the the u.s religious right are, are firmly sort of supporting it um yeah so i've got a i've got an article up here uh, and it's uh mm-hmm. the observer view on the on the abortion uh, ban uh so i mean well as, as i'm sort of reading through it a lot of people are saying it's like unconstitutional because of like Roe v. Wade and it's that's absolutely the case. Roe v. Wade is another thing I've only ever heard of in passing. Let me quickly Google it. Yeah. It makes it... Um, the court uh, ruled that the Constitution of the United States protects a pregnant woman's liberty to choose to have an abortion yep. without excessive government restriction. Mm-hmm. So, the Constitution has just been completely thrown out of the window because of the Supreme Court nominees that Trump managed to get on you know, to the to the Supreme Court. Yep, a Supreme Court nominees who cannot be fired, cannot leave. They are there till they die. Yeah, which isn't that a, such a wonderful system? Maybe we should hold elected officials accountable and then elect them rather than yep. getting just some random fucking guy to make all these horrific decisions. Absolutely, God almighty. The thing, right? At, at the most, right? Obviously, this is a massive deprivation of women's rights, and obviously, it's fucking horrific in that sense alone. But also, the thing that's deeply terrifying is that at six weeks pregnant, most women, most people, 
don't even know they're pregnant. Absolutely. Because the way that the six-week date is calculated is, um, uh, what is it, time from your last missed period, I think? Yeah. So what that means is that at six weeks, people people just won't know because it's not long enough to actually notice. The only time that people, a lot of the time, notice that they're pregnant is that if they notice a pattern in missed periods and like, I'd better do a pregnancy test to be on the safe side, and then they do and discover they are pregnant. Yeah. And that can be quite far down the line. I mean, the, and, you're you're, abs- well, you're absolutely right. It's like, apparently there, it's even after the six-week mark, you can sue someone who tries to help like monetarily... Um, Support women who are trying to get abortions as well. Fucking disgusting. So it's it's this, it's 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 oh, fuck's sake. It's it's cruelty and deprivation of freedom in the name of religious sort of piety. It's absolutely disgusting. It absolutely. The is. fact that if if your religion is one that means that a, a a a teenage girl has to carry a rapist's baby to term. Then that is not not only is it not a religion I can understand, it's a religion I violently dislike. Yeah, absolutely. I I cannot abide the thought of such a thing happening. It's utterly disgusting. I absolutely loathe it. You know, if the, the if if there was ever a sort of like crackdown on sort of religious freedom, that maybe you weren't allowed to say incredibly hateful things in the name of religion, there would there would people would have guns. People would be marching. People would be sh- destroying public buildings, and things like that. So I just such a case in the U.S. is made for religious freedom, and the government will take your guns away. And the the same people that are so fearful of government are wanting to use that same fucking government to deprive other people of their rights. And it's it, libertarianism when it suits. Yeah, absolutely. And not only that, um, apparently there are six other. Republican states that are trying to prepare to rush through bills based on the law that's that's you know been been put through. So I mean, whatever you are, whatever you're doing, you need to fucking you know say this is not on and it's and it's absolutely despicable. Um, it is utterly disgusting. I cannot believe even in the most obscure, horrible, right-wing town that this legislation could get passed. Yeah. Because the legislation, as far as I'm aware, doesn't include any kind of um, any kind of uh, legal protection or monetary uh, assistance mm-hmm. for the person once they've had this baby. And then the reason that a lot of people might want to abort babies is because they cannot have a baby. Yeah. Physically, they don't have the money or they don't have the space or they don't... They can't take care of a child. So then what you're saying is, okay, well, this person is forced to have a baby in spite of the fact that they cannot take care of it. Yeah. And then that will go to the state and the baby will go through the adoption system and the baby will have the trauma of not knowing its, its biological parents, perhaps. And then you're, 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 you're literally looking at this... You're prioritising the suffering of a theoretical child yeah. over the suffering of a very real person. Absolutely. It's utterly disgusting. I, I It really annoys me, stuff like this does. It really infuriates and disgusts me. Me, me too, just 100%. I mean, see, even trying to look at it from from the pro-life point of view, let's say, for instance, right, that life does begin at conception and we can consider a fetus to be a person and they are given the same rights as, as any other person, right? The idea that... The best example I've ever heard of it, right, is imagine... Um, 
you're driving a car, right, and you're inebriated or something like that, and you've got a passenger next to you, and you end up in a car crash, and you wake up in this hospital, and for some weird scientific reason, your friend has been severely injured, and the only way that they can live is by the blood that you have, and you have to continuously give blood. Do you honestly think that anyone in their right mind would say, yep, he has to stay there for the rest of his life until his friend's better and give his own blood without his consent? They would no- you, you cannot give the state the ability to do that. And another way to sort of look at it, it's not the killing of a child. It's just not giving nutrients to something that you don't want to give nutrients to, if you understand it that way. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. It's not. It's not a child. It's a clump of cells. Yeah, it's but a I'm just. It's a. Do you know what I mean? I just even mean from the. If if we were to grant that it was, a child, look, you can't force someone to feed, another living thing against the will and enfor- against their will and enforce that by the state, because you would mm. go into very slippery territory, very quickly if you started acting like that. A lot of horrible fucking things could be justified, you know, and. If it was the example of being in the hospital, there is no way that Republicans would support that at all. Do you know what I mean? Mm, mm. The thing that it, it, the thing that really becomes obvious about the pro-choice versus pro-life debate when you start to consider it is that pro-choice doesn't mean everybody has to have an abortion. Pro-choice yeah. means a person can decide if they want an abortion or not. Mm-hmm. So if it's um, somebody that's, um, I don't know, they own their own house and they have a steady stream of income and they're, they're, they're comfortable and can afford and can house and clothe and feed a child, great. They are more than welcome. If, they, if that's what they want, or even if it's what they don't want, they can have an abortion, not have an abortion. The choice is completely up to them. Yep. It's on them. They want to make that decision about their life and their theoretical child. Absolutely. But in the same, as a flip side of the coin, what the pro-choice debate also means is that if somebody wants to be, if somebody is against abortions, they don't have to have one, then therefore sort of save somebody with um, a religious bent against abortions. Yeah. It's, it's just... And they decide, yeah, I, I, I don't like the idea of abortions because of whatever reason or, or because it's something that my, my, my preacher that I like is, is against or it's something that I personally feel against. Yeah. That's fine as well from a pro-choice standpoint. You are allowed to just say, okay, you don't want an abortion. Yeah. You don't have to have one. That's fine too. The pro-life stance is being aggressively, nobody is allowed to get any abortions no. ever. exactly. Even if the mother will die even if it's a rapist, even if it's their father that's impregnated them, it's utterly disgusting. It's fucking medieval. It's like, can you imagine how people would react if this if this law was passed and it was guns that we were talking about? I don't agree with guns. I think they're killing machines and I think less of them reduces the amount of violent crime and school shootings that happen. Like, you even say that. You even say, you even say, oh, can we have some, maybe some background legislation so that you can't just go to a gun show, spend $5,000 and then get a gun for yourself. And it's one road to confiscation for extreme Republicans. Look, there is no sort of, oh my God, they're coming to take our gun. Look, can you imagine the reaction if a law like this in the context of guns was passed? There would be riots. There would be, you know, just pure anarchy on the street. So I don't understand why... This has happened quite sort of, almost sort of chillingly silently, you know? It's just sort of mm. been passed and there's nothing we can I do didn't about, know anything it. about it. I about it until it had already happened. Yeah. I know I'm, I'm in the UK, obviously, so 
why would I be keeping up to date with potential new laws? Yeah. But then as soon as it was a law, it was like, everybody's furious. What the fuck's happened? Absolutely. And it's, oh, it's utterly disgusting. I cannot abide the concept of something like this. No, definitely. It, um, and it's for the, because it's for the next 50 years that these, these Supreme Court judges will, um, influence, uh, the constitution. Oh, and, and it's, like, there's, it's really a shite state of affairs. And, mm-hmm. um, the thing is, at the great, this is something I do truly believe in in my heart, is that any question like this, any any question about the moral uh, standing of a certain behaviour or a certain choice, it always comes down to a to a to a to a level of suffering. Yeah. How much suffering has happened? If even if it's a moral choice about veganism. How much suffering is a fish going through before you kill it and eat it? How much suffering is happening in that situation? And in the equation, is it acceptable? Is it not acceptable? Yeah. And looking at like a this utterly insane um, situation, what you're saying is that you deliberately want women to suffer un- un- until they have the child. And then after that, because nobody has an abortion for fun. No. So this abortion will be... Um, this this child that the uh, that the woman wanted to abort will be forced into a life that is probably not suitable for anything. Yep, and like no no support after the fact is like given, like like you know it, it would be slightly more defensible, and I'm not that that doesn't mean that it's defensible. It means that from the pits of hell you're brung up rung one, uh, one rung right. So don't even. But if there was like. Yes, and after you've had this child, there will be huge a huge support network put in place for mothers that don't want to sort of keep the child or whether like, mm. like, but there's not even that. It's just nope. You'll be having it, and that's it. And there's nothing. There's there's no argument there. There's no sort you can't of afford a baby. Well, you should pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Get a job. Yep. I already have three jobs. That's why I can't have a baby. Absolutely. Ugh, it's utterly disgusting. The only like what you're saying is uh, the only sort of vaguely pro-life standpoint i can understand is um i forget what country it was i think it was a european country it might have been the netherlands um where a pro-life charity was established and they sort of said okay well abortions are free and legal and safe in the netherlands but we still don't really agree with them yeah we think that it's something that is should be avoided the killing of a fetus should be avoided if at all possible and um so instead of marching on government buildings, screaming hateful abuse at people going into clinics. Yeah. They went to expecting mothers that were thinking about having, an, having a, an abortion and said, okay, but what if we get you, like, um, a cot and nappies and baby food? And what if we provide support for you? Because we're a charity that people are donating to to help support children that might be disadvantaged. Yeah. So can we help you with the things that you're doing? Mm-hmm. Can we as i say give you a cot or 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 help you pay bills on your house or uh, mean so that you don't have to work two jobs you can do less work and have a little bit more money and you'll be able to spend time with this child when it arrives yeah because the only ethical decisions don't exist in a vacuum no it's like how i say that there's no ethical consumption under capitalism there's no ethical way to sort of you can't be expected to make a choice based purely on ethics when you're also massively struggling. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're an, a, a, a person that's just found out they're pregnant and you think, okay, there's no way I can afford this baby, I, I have to get an abortion, that's not an ethical decision. That's a decision you've made in, in the confines of, I have no money, I have no room, I have no support network that might be able to take care of the child when I'm at work. Yeah. I, I physically cannot do this. Absolutely. So 
essentially, what this, this theoretical charity I was speaking about, what they're doing is they are allowing that ethical choice to be made as an ethical choice, not as a, as a balance sheet choice. Because you're saying, okay, well, if we take away all the monetary issues and we can provide you with help, then do you want this baby? Emotionally um, and, and sort of spiritually, are you ready to, to raise a child? Yeah. And only then do, is it an ethical choice. Only after massive help being provided to people. I know it's it's, and and the ethics are sort of being forced upon women in the U.S. and uh, other places around the world is, like you said, a clump of cells. See if I clap my hands, I'm killing cells at the moment. Does that mean that every single cell in the human body is somehow a person, or does it take, no, it or does it take a long period of time for? a human being to grow arms and grow consciousness and to grow a head and a face. Like, like, I just, I don't understand what the line is because any conservative that you say that to, oh, don't be ridiculous. Well, well what is it then? What is so, it's, it's a cell that merges with an egg and then the process begins. At that point, it is so small that the, the, the number of cells are absolutely minuscule. There is no consciousness. There is, you'd be like, it would be more unethical to kill a plant at that point because plants are actually alive, you know? It's like, it's mm, it's mm. really weird um, and it's absolutely disgusting and everyone that has yeah. any moral sensibilities should absolutely oppose it. A hundred percent. I, yeah, I, I could not agree more. It's even if you think that abortions are inherently a bad thing, I cannot understand the thought process that would drive you to think okay well nobody is allowed to have them ever yeah even if both the mother and child will die given no medical intervention nobody is allowed to have them i i physically cannot understand your thought process that gets you there no it's it's what gets me with a lot of sort of um in terms of economic politics i can see the arguments for both left-wing and right-wing arguments mm -hmm. but i fall on the left-wing side of things but in terms of social issues cannot understand right-wing thought processes no. on things like being pro-life on things like being anti-lgbt i just i just cannot understand it yeah. i do not understand how you can have that opinion and this is another one of those situations i mean i'm sorry i'm sorry to be as partial as humanly possible but all the sort of hardcore right-wing positions are never based on facts or reality they're almost mm -hmm. always based on emotion and feelings and it's the left that's lauded for being snowflakes when it's the left that cares about actual individual freedom for women it's like the idea that a libertarian could support this is just fucking it's mind-boggling to me it's like you want you want the state to intervene but only when it suits you it's like what is the actual point of you then you're inconsistent mm -hmm. and you're disgusting and there's no getting around that it's yeah it's a it's a tool of oppression disguised as as piety yep but there you go um mm. now that i'm nice and angry should we talk about a film with margaret thatcher in it yeah let's let's do that um so today uh we are talking about the iron lady and uh it was written by abby morgan and it was directed by uh Philidia lloyd and is starring meryl streep and every Crown cast member known to man. Yep, so, including but not limited to Tommy Lassells, who doesn't have a moustache in this film. Yeah. A great shame. He, I think he suits the moustache, in my opinion. He does suit the moustache. Yep. Um, do you have an opening statement? Um, I do. I am not sure I'm comfortable 
with um, sort of things like this or things like The Crown uh, saying, okay, but what about behind Margaret Thatcher's politics? Mm-hmm. What, who was the lady behind that sort of... The, the lady behind the Iron Lady, if you will. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure if I'm actually comfortable with that. Because her political beliefs were so horrendous that it sort of means that it was a belief that she held to her core. So can you really be said to be interested in the human story of someone as morally abhorrent as that? I honestly don't know. Uh, do you have an opening statement? I do, yes. Um, a film detailing the life of Satan. I mean, a complicated historical <laughs> figure that has a very mixed legacy dependent on the place you stay in Britain. Adored in the South and hated where the minds are silent. Mm-hmm. Um, so, let's get into the the creepy room questions. Um, sure thing. Does the film do enough to criticise Thatcher as a historical figure? No. No, I agree. No, it doesn't. What it does... Right. <laughs> this is this is the, the... My problem with Margaret Thatcher... Here we go. This is going to be good. Um, my, my <laughs> problem with Margaret Thatcher, as she's displayed in things like this and things like The Crown, is they try to make the point that, um, okay, well, her upbringing as someone who pulled herself up by her bootstraps gave her right-wing economic views. She said she had to um, put everybody, help everybody else to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. If you can work, you should work. Get out there and get a job and all that sort of stuff. But in reality, that's not what happened. She took work opportunities and threw them away, yeah. closing pits and stuff like that. And also her social politics were even more horrific. Are you aware of Section 28? Um, I am not. Introduced by Margaret Thatcher's Tory government. It was in effect from 1988 to 2000 in Scotland and 2003 in England and Wales, which is utterly insane. The law is essentially a thing that disallows the, and this is a direct quote, the promotion of homosexuality. So what that means is that if a student, it was passed sort of, I think, uh, in schools and, and sort of local governments and ethical standards and all this sort of stuff. So what that meant is if a child went to a teacher and, and that they trusted uh, and said, um, oh, I, I, I'm having sort of these confusing feelings, I think I might be gay, I think I might be, and uh, I don't know, I, I really need some help and some support, yep. the teacher would have to say, um, I can't talk to you about that, I'm not allowed to tell you that it's okay to be gay, um, bye, and then walk away. Because this is a, a an ethical horror to say, oh, I might be gay, oh, that's a, I cannot believe that, get yourself out of my classroom. Jesus Christ. Utterly disgusting. I, um, this this is the thing I keep coming back to, is when people argue in favour of Margaret Thatcher's economic policies, uh, or in favour of anything sort of Thatchery, I keep coming back to this, it's like, okay, but she was so violently against gay people that she re- massively opposed the teaching, or even the, the mention of the word gay in schools. Yeah. So how can you possibly support someone with such horrific moral views? I just don't get it. I mean, it's it's right back to... You know, it seems to be a trend with, like, libertarians or sort of extreme right economic people. They'll talk about self-reliance and the importance of the individual and the importance of doing your own thing and getting out there and make your living because that's what capitalism is all about. But when it suits Mm. them, their own insecurities, their own uh, deeply dogmatic bigotry will just be weaponized by the state that they somehow hate so much i mean she mm-hmm. di- she dismantled like so many public services and like the idea that there's <laughs> that that was an acceptable sort of thing to do i know people that would still agree with that 
today because of just like I mean she was a horrible horrible person but we can't deny how how much she changed this country like it was like unbelievable it was like almost it was tantamount to like a revolution and we're still feeling the yeah. effects of her fucking yeah. disgusting policies today yeah and the thing that you're right it is it was like a revolution it is a massive change but it's like um it's like if I was trying to get elected as, I don't know, school president council leader, and I said, I will provide change, and then I provided change by saying everybody has to wear their shirts backwards. Yeah. That's it. It's, it's, it's change. Not necessarily good change, yeah. but change. It's, um, yeah, I, I have a lot of opinions on Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> I mean, I don't like the way she was portrayed in The Crown either, because mm. like, while there were, there were good... Uh, episodes shown how cold-hearted she was for some mm. reason at the end of it this is this actually happened the queen gave her the order of merit for yeah because apparently she changed the country like i mean would you would you give hitler the order of merit because he rapidly changed germany i mean it's like mm. it's, it's just absolutely wrecking a place enough to say well you know you you you, you know you changed everything so there you go it's, that's some merits for you. Um, it goes without saying that Meryl Streep gives an absolutely amazing performance. Look, just just to sort of yeah. get that out of the way. I mean, Has she look, ever not? Yeah, true. But look, I mean, down to like, our mannerisms. and Whereas in The Crown, I think Gillian Anderson's performance was a bit raspy. And mm. she didn't sort of progress like Thatcher did. She didn't get older. She was always the same sort of age whereas mm. in here we see her as a sort of quiet um young woman and then she begins to get her voice and she's part of the conservative party mm. and when she finally mm. runs for the le- leadership she's in her iconic sort of big hair and then we actually get to see her look decaying at the end of the film so it's like it's more interesting to see that side of it than just mm. a sort of i don't know a figurehead of Thatcher, if you know, a, a sort of ideal of what people just remember her as, rather mm, than the actual, mm. you know, she was despicable, but the actual human being that she was, if you if you get me. Yeah, no, it's, um, the thing, the problem is that it's incredibly difficult to make um, any kind of piece of media about Margaret Thatcher, because her, she is such a polarising, was such a polarising figure. So, it, it's you can't if you look at a list of every decision she ever made in the House of Commons, the House of Lords, anything, then you would sort of there are some that you'd say, I mean, I I, I guess that kind of makes sense, and there are a lot that you'd say, well, that's just clearly horrible. Yeah. So, what Hollywood? Well, I say Hollywood. What this movie and what The Crown had to do was cherry pick the things that were okay, the things that make sense, the decisions that you can sort of say. I don't agree, but I see what her opinion is. Like, they both cherry-picked the Falklands as an example of a controversial decision that you can understand her thought process. It is not one I I want to get on the record. It is not a thought process I agree with. But I can understand her thought process. So, I I just don't... I just don't get it. If you're going to make a biopic of someone, show the bad... Do you yeah, know what I mean? Absolutely. Show show what the, what they've done that's terrible. That's what um, the Steve Jobs biopic did so well. Was it showed his incredibly strained relationship with his daughter and with his ex partner? Yeah. So I can understand that because it's it's painting a picture of a guy. But this, I think it's we've we've had some some patron opinions about this, and I think I 
briefly read. It's um, sort of an Americanized version yes, of the story in absolutely. a strange way. It's one that's like, um, just look at all these things that have happened. Look at all these amazing, interesting things. That's not, that's not good though. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of things happened, but they aren't good. Yeah, I mean, I I've really noticed when it comes to it. I looked at the sort of press tour of this film, and mm-hmm. I really noticed that like, a really disgusting trend in the way that like, Americans on chat shows will talk about how oh she was so strong, wasn't she? And to be the first female prime minister, she set the winds of change for for equality and and just like this very weird sort of milk toast neoliberal sort of girl boss attitude mm. to things like it's like What's that that term that's thrown away uh thrown around um gaslight gatekeep girl boss yeah like that <laughs> like i mean it's like we see it today like people like when boris johnson announced his cabinet when when he first took power it was like it was lauded as the most diverse cabinet in history that that's no fucking use if they're all wankers like the, 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 exactly yeah what is <laughs> Just getting horrible people of different ethnicities does absolutely nothing. It's just a weird sort of, oh, yeah, now I have a female ordering drone strikes on innocent civilians. It's it's so disgusting and so Mm. brandy and so, yeah, it makes me feel ill when I think about it. Um, Yeah, I I, I couldn't agree more. It's um, the entire point of my political beliefs and my, my ethical beliefs, really, is that everybody is just a person. Yeah. Every single person I meet on the street, every single person in the world is just some some person Absolutely. that I know or don't know. And for some people, that might be an upgrade over the, what their sort of social standing is considered to be in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a less fair system. And for some people, it's a downgrade. For somebody that's living on the streets and doesn't really have any money and, and is really struggling, it's an upgrade. Yeah. Because they are, they deserve... In my humble opinion, they deserve housing, they deserve healthcare, they deserve education. But for other people, such as incredibly rich people like the Queen, or or Richard Branson, or anybody like that, he does not deserve what he has. He deserves healthcare, he deserves housing, he deserves education, but he deserves the same as what everybody else gets. Absolutely. I cannot fathom this idea that everybody gets so much more because they just were lucky enough to roll the dice and get it. Do you know what I mean? Yep, absolutely, definitely. Um, what would you say, I mean, you mentioned section, what was it? Uh, 28. 28, I'd never heard of that, but I knew that she didn't like um, homosexuality, but I had no idea it was to that extent. Um, and that, and just as a brief note before you ask this uh, ask this question, that's something that wasn't brought up in the crown, in the crown, the crown, <laughs> in the crown, or um, or in this movie. No, because they know that she was on the wrong side of history. Yeah, the wrong side of of having such intolerant beliefs is not a that's not a tenable belief. It's not a good belief. It's not an acceptable or understandable belief. Yeah. So they had to leave it out just to sort of. Um, say, okay, no, well, maybe we'll just leave that bit out because it's an, a, a horrible belief. Yeah, they try and make it so, oh, she was a complicated figure. It was like, no, our, our, her sort of allegiances were made very clear from the moment mm-hmm. that she took power. She she knew exactly what she never had sort of any pause or sort of inner conflict. And even if she did, it was mm-hmm. about her family life and mm-hmm. things like that. But that didn't stop her either, you know? Um, so it was, it's, it's just so strange. Uh, but the question I was going to ask is, um, what do you think is the worst policy that Thatcher ever sort of 
rushed through. Oh, Christ. Well, I think, first things first, I'm massively under-informed on this topic, so I wouldn't want to say, oh, this very specific act from 1987, because I, well, I wouldn't Okay, know. I won't say policies, I'll say um, actions. God, I feel like that scene where she's in uh, South Africa, refusing all the words to the you know, the Commonwealth uh, sanction. Mm, mm. Um, oh, God, yeah. Well, that's one, refu the, um, refusing to sanction uh, South Africa. An apartheid government, yeah. Yep. That's certainly one. The, um, the I mean, the obvious choice is the poll tax. Yeah. Because that's so massively against my, even my most basic um, sort of economic opinions. Um, if, if, if you don't know, the poll tax essentially is a system where everybody pays the same tax regardless of how much you might have everybody pays the same tax and it's determined by a sort of a local authority yeah so what that means is that um you can elect an official if in theory if this was a, a long-standing sort of concept which it ended up not being uh if if this was like a long-standing sort of political um thing that happened then uh you if you were a very rich person you could elect somebody that says i will make you pay 50p poll tax ever and that would be fine, and that is how much you would pay. But this idea of it being a flat rate over a set area would be, if you were, were rich, you might think, yeah, I don't mind paying 200 quid poll tax a month. That's that's fine. I don't, I don't mind that. That's all right. I can afford that. But that is utterly crippling to somebody who's less well off. So what that means is that people just simply can't afford to pay these taxes, and then they're subject to sort of criminal charges and unlawful behavior. Yep. My personal belief, which... I mean, I, as with all everybody's political beliefs ever, I can't believe people disagree with me, but, you know, they do. Um, <laughs> my personal political beliefs is that if you have more, you should give more. Yeah. I do not have very much, but I am happy to pay my share because I know that it goes towards... Well, it doesn't, but that's perhaps a topic for another yeah, day. In I theory. <laughs> in, in theory, my taxes that I pay go towards things that I... Things that are upgrades in my community. Um... In fact, no, fuck it. They don't. That's the problem. <laughs> my taxes that I pay, I pay, um, I forget exactly how much it is off the top of my head. I pay however much council tax to Stoke Council tax, Stoke Council every single month. And in theory, that money goes to maintaining uh, public uh, resources, things like um, the job centre or things like a library or things like parks, things like yep. that. But in reality, it probably doesn't. Yep. That's probably not what happens. It just goes into a big pot. And then the government decides how it's spent. Yeah. So I don't actually get a choice in how my taxes are spent, which is utterly disgusting, Absolutely. really. Because it's um the one that really does get me is um we've got a library not too far away from where we are here, and obviously the library is state funded, and it's uh, I think it's one floor. It's essentially one enormous room with bookshelves and a couple of computers in it. If I with my taxes, the things I would want to pay more money to would be that library and uh, schools and maybe the roads because there's potholes in them and the NHS. Those are the four things I would prioritise. Yeah. I literally cannot, I do not care about anything else unless people started to nationalise the rail, nationalise the water, nationalise the gas. Yeah. But, you know, that's perhaps a topic for another day. But I, I cannot abide the fact that I have no choice over what my taxes are going to. I pay my taxes, and then Boris Johnson can say, no, I think I need a new oven. And then I'm paying for his new oven. <laughs> or, or it, Do you know what I mean? his fucking it, curtains. Um, oh, I can't fucking believe that. It's, yeah. I mean, I wish, yeah. I wish, I wish films like this were lit. Oh, 
imagine what it would have been like back then. I mean, but it's not that different now. The echoes of our policies are being not only uh, repeated, but surpassed in some ways, mm. you know? And do you want to hear something fucking insane about the current state of economic politics? Go on. Uh, in the French Revolution that happened, where they chopped off all the king's heads and stuff, um, that happened because the poorest people in society had nothing and the richest people in society had everything. Yeah. These massive palaces and huge inequality and stuff. There is actually more inequality now mm -hmm. in our current world than there was in the French Revolution. Absolutely. It's People have nothing. Nothing at all. It's utterly absurd to consider, but... I just can't, I can't get my head around how you can think, well, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, get another job. Yep. I'm already working too, and I can barely afford to pay for groceries and rent. Yep. It's insane. I mean, the idea that, that you just work hard and you do your bit and then you'll get to the the level of success that you want to is a, one of the biggest lies ever told in human history. Mm -hmm. See, if everyone could get to that point, everyone would be at that point. But the reason that, exactly. that we're not is because... They don't want us at that point. The 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 uber wealthy, the the politicians, they don't they they couldn't have everyone being extremely wealthy because they need incredibly poor people to do jobs that they just don't do. They need a sort of system of sort of autocratic oppression when it comes to businesses and you're just using all your time, all your life, all your labour to, to give someone else the profit and you have no say mm -hmm. in how that money is spent it's like when you just think about it it's like how 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 very different is it to feudalism like really i mean we have democracy obviously which you know the peasantry didn't have but the democracy with the, that we have is flawed and bureaucratic at best you know it's not it's mm, not mm. the perfect system at all it was a good idea way back when the Enlightenment started and it fixed a lot of horrible issues, but we're not back then anymore. We can we can mm. it's okay to think of we something else. Do you know what I mean? But I don't know. Should we read out some patron opinions? Uh yeah, go for it. Um the the one and only opinion, it's a really long opinion, but I, so I won't read all of it, is uh from our patron uh Dougie. Um uh, the Britain of 1979, when Thatcher took power, was a divided, broken country, and the Britain of 1990, when Thatcher left power, was an even more broken and divided country. The wealthy had become wealthier, and the poor even poorer, as she left Downing Street for the final time. The unions were crushed and crippled after the 1984-1985 miners' strikes, allowing the cruel working world we live in now to exist. Exploit the working man and woman because they can't fight back anymore. The brave men of the 1926 general strike would have been ashamed of all that was lost uh, when the NUM capitulated. Um, I agree. Mm. Completely. There's not much to disagree <laughs> with there. Um, thanks for your opinion, Dougie. Uh, I, I would read all of it, but I don't know if we've got time. Um, no, I, I completely I know what you mean. But the, um, the one thing I would say is just this final sentence. The film feels like an Americanized, glamorized take on Thatcher and Thatcherism, forgetting the human cost of her politics and policies. Utterly true. The film is it, it's trying to sort of make an argument about, um, oh, well, let's talk about um, 
let's talk about what Margaret Thatcher the person was like and we'll forget the horrible things she did and and let's think about you know what she was like as a person yeah and um, a glamorized version of what she was like and instead it's not that it, it that's it, you can't tell a story about Thatcher without getting into how terrible she was yeah the um the one part of the film that was sort of unironically hit this on the head for me was um when they were in a air raid shelter in Margaret Thatcher's dad's back garden or whatever it was mm-hmm. uh, when she was um, quite young, and he said, "Did anyone cover the butter?" Because um, I think he sold groceries. Um, so she ran through the garden in the middle of an air raid, bombs dropping all around her, and covered the butter, and then went back to the uh, the air raid shelter. And I remember thinking that, well, my belief is that no one should have to run through an air raid <laughs> yep. to. To, to cover some butter wouldn't it be better if nobody actually had to do that can't we have a better it's just just ludicrous i just don't i just don't get it yeah i mean the sort of politics that, that thatcher like, espoused and and people do espouse there's this weird fetishy veneration of the war it's like well mm. they went through hell and back why can't we it's because hmm, it's almost as if people uh, are affected by the surroundings that they have and Maybe it's a good thing that we don't have to, as you say, run out of an air raid shelter to cover the butter. You know, it's the, it's this weird sort yeah. of fetishization of violence and war yeah, and agree. struggle to sort of motivate people to buy in to the system that she was uh, responsible for. And it's just, it's, it's fucking messed up, to be honest. Um, Horrendously so. I, I, I can't abide it, in case you couldn't tell. Yeah. Um... Some stuff I did like about the film. Um, mm-hmm. I like Thatcher and Dennis's relationship. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's it's sort of very respectful of others' sort of um, habits and and sort of you can do as you like and we've, we we don't ever need to sort of worry about um, uh, you know, betrayal or anything like that. And uh, Jim Broadbent's always a treat to watch as well. Yeah. Um, um, I did enjoy the. Um, uh, it's worth saying, Margaret Thatcher was a terrible person, but this is quite a good film. It um, yeah, it it, it 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 is a good film. The script is good, the direction is good, the acting is good. It, I disagree with the way it portrayed Thatcher, but as a film, it was good. Um, I did appreciate little things like um, after the bomb in the hotel, uh, Jim Broadbent uh, picked up his shoes and he was like, "Oh, look at my shoes." Like, no, Jim Broadbent, there's been a massive explosion. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. and um that's something that you know it sat, looks stupid when you watch it but it is it's what real life is like if, when you're in such a horrific intense situation as as that or as or as somebody you know is fallen horrifically ill and is taken to A&E or whatever you find yourself obsessing over tiny minute pointless things i'll 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 just quickly wash these dishes i'll just quickly uh, fold this laundry or whatever it might be because that's something you have control over and you forget to consider that there's a horrific, massive thing going on. I liked little things like that. That was a good point of direction, a good point of performance. Yeah. No, I completely agree with you. Um, I really like the sort of shakiness of it all, like the shakiness, mm. the way that the cameras look positioned. It's um, it's very sort of nonchalant and informal and like chaotic, like because of like so much that happened during her. Her lifetime, um, the bit where like, everyone's like, sort of talking to her, and she seems to be on like a sort of a, 
I don't know, an escalator, sort of floor escalator going far forward than anyone does. Yeah. Like, I think that was a really good visual sort of metaphor about her yeah, being... Certainly. Even in the stands of her own colleagues, just being completely and utterly isolationist, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, every, every time Thatcher's portrayed, like, there's this sort of relation to... Um, like, they talk about like, sexism, right? which was undoubtedly something that I'm sure that Thatcher faced. But how how aggrieved was she by it, do you think? Because they make it I'm seem... Not sure. In this film, it's like, oh, many men have underestimated me and I can do anything a man can't. Like, that's an inspiring story. But I, I find it very hard to believe that Thatcher would just be like, yes, men don't know very much and they severely underestimate women i mean in the crown it was like oh yeah i don't think women in general are suited to high office and stuff like that i mean that's like did she did she have a sort of uh is she, was she a self-hating misogynist in some respects i mean she thought her mum was was weak and preferred her, her father because of how like, apparently how strong he was like he, she favored her son mark over um, our daughter because he's strong, despite being a mm. pampered fucking dick. Um, exactly, yeah. So I don't know how much like we can really accredit. Oh yeah, she was this big uh, symbol for change, and and you know the the liberation of women, much like the queen. You know, it's like well, how much has really changed? Because all we have is a a still a very oppressive system with just someone with a different gender at the top of it. You know. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't know how much that would uh, affect our our views on on women. No, in I general. I completely understand. It's um, oh, yeah. I don't know how much she would have butted up against sexism. Uh, you would imagine a lot because it was the eighties. So yeah, surely it would be a, a semi constant thing. But um, I don't know. Maybe she was just too aggressive to deal with it. She, she would do like, oh God, Margaret's coming. Stop saying sexist things. Christ. I, I don't know, obviously, but you would imagine maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think there's a horrible sort of stereotype that, well, it's not, I, I don't think it's a stereotype. I think it's like, uh, very factual. I think because sexism is still so prevalent, mm. like any sort of um, woman who is like, hugely respected is often very sexless, if you get what I mean. Like, they're mm. often... Like, like, do, you remember, do you remember when... Um, I don't know if you remember this. I mean, uh, it was Theresa May and Nicola Sturgeon, and they were like, sitting together and like, talking, and they like, had like, their legs out, and like, every newspaper was commenting, cover up and all that, and like, it's... Like, I mean, I don't like Theresa May, or, I mean, I've got problems with Nicola Sturgeon as well, but like, I think... There's this, even with Hillary Clinton, in order for women to sort of be respected in higher politics, they have to appear to be cold, uh, devoid of femininity. Yeah, it's like very yeah. weird, and it's so. Even though there's, you know, a woman prime minister, the constraints of like patriarchal structures are still like, you know, trapped around her. You know, no matter how much power she attains, if you mm, get what I mean. Mm. Which is, yes. <laughs> You're right. I just, I yeah. Um, hang on a second. Let me let me actually try and formulate an answer rather than just blathering on about. <laughs> um, 
yeah, you're right, and it's something that really does disgust me, is this, this inequality of judgment um, between, which is sort of, uh, I suppose, the core of what misogyny really is. Yeah. If, um, like, Boris Johnson, for example, doesn't know how many kids he's got. It, it, he just doesn't know. Yeah. He just doesn't know, which is insane when you start to think about it. Um, but it's like, oh, well, you know, he's sowing his wild oats. He's just some guy, and he's man of the people and all this. And it's accepted. Boys will be because boys. It's accepted. Precise. Oh, what a fucking disgusting term yep. phrase. But it's accepted that you know Boris will 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 have sort of um, things like that because it's it's something that's accepted that men will have to sow their wild oats and all this horrific sort of uh, thing that sort of cheapens what you're really talking about. But on the same level, it's if um, a woman were to do the same thing, it's considered to be morally degenerate and utterly horrific, yeah. and it's this massive disparity of judgment that I just can't abide i mean and so to bring it back around to this movie somehow (laughs) um, the point i'm trying to make is that i do think there was a a, a disparity of judgment of margaret thatcher in that the people around her have surely done much more horrendous things than 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 have been much more what's the word aggressive in the the standing of their politics and then she was ousted for being aggressive in her politics yeah so I don't know, it's... Yes, I think it is, but I don't think it perhaps took the, the, the form that you might consider it to have taken, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I keep coming back to this, but look, with the, the Texas abortion bill, I don't see an amendment where it forbids men from abandoning the child that they've helped conceive with a woman. You know, it's... Mm. The, the, the blame is solely placed on the woman, and women just mm. can't... Like, what, what? So, are, are men lauded if they just leave... And just have no responsibility to a child. I mean, that would be as good as, as I mean, that would do even more material damage to the world because getting rid of a baby before six weeks, like no one is harmed, no one, you know, like the the woman that does it will maybe experience trauma and have like, a lot of difficulty like reconciling that, but no one is physically harmed by it. But if a baby's mm. born, and the man who's helped conceive it just leaves. There is more material harm done in the world than if you get rid of a fetus before six weeks have elapsed. You know, it's like, it's really like like we're talking about with this weird standard of what is and what isn't permissible between mm. those genders. Um, it's it's disgusting. A hundred percent. The um the the thing that does get me a lot uh, also about this sort of uh, judgment of moral um. Uh, moral horribleness uh, in in being a single mother is that a, a woman can have at maximum one baby per year but a man could in theory have i mean obviously i'm i'm using these these uh, man woman terms very uh, generally i don't yeah I'm, I'm sure if you can i'm sure from how left I've, I've been in the podcast you can guess my my social pol- politics opinions but yep. the point i'm trying to get to is that in theory somebody uh, 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 somebody with a penis could impregnate um, hundreds of women in a year and have hundreds of illegitimate children. Absolutely. But a woman can only have one, one child. Yeah. So I, d- I just, it does annoy me that this is such a one-sided moral battle, as it were. I just can't, I can't stand it. It really gets me annoyed. I'm going to have to go and do some, like, really aggressive chores. Like, yeah, <laughs> I really need to aggressively do something after this, This after we've finished recording. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's sort of biological essentialism. The idea that, mm. that that somehow women are more nurturing towards children, like I just, 
and and men tend to be more sort of yeah well I just jack the lad do what I want. it's like no one seems to think that those things are societal and those things could be changed depending on what we do with like, education and things like that so that you know women aren't completely and utterly dominated by patriarchal structures and all people of all genders can just do whatever they want without you know this weird judgy perniciousness that comes from from mm. you know just mm. people who, who people who don't even like, engage with politics because the people that vote for shit like this aren't like you know haven't read like um Carl Jung and all that and like, and know about a, a epistemology and things like that it's always feelings it's always just this oh that doesn't feel right oh that's wrong you know it's never hmm, i've looked mm. at statistics and measurable harm is done to the world if women's reproductive rights are kept from them so mm-hmm. i've made the decision yeah that's wrong and i shouldn't you know do that it's just it's just feelings it's just nothing but instinct you know mm-hmm. um <sighs> Maybe Woo! we shouldn't govern by feelings. We should govern by facts. Yeah, <laughs> facts don't care about your feelings. Yeah, correct. Yeah, co- they, the, can we... they don't. Universal <laughs> basic income does help. Yeah, um, can we go with that? To affordable free healthcare does help. Yep, you're right. I mean, what happened to that? What happened to facts don't care about you? Do you remember that Ben Shapiro mm. tweeted that, and it was like just oh, and he's like the biggest feels person like I've, mm-hmm. I've ever come across. But we're we're branching off in a million directions um i think i'm maybe out of notes uh, i think i am also out of notes yeah um do you have a closing statement uh always um as a piece of cinema the film is good as a, a work of biography it's much less good um so yeah. <laughs> while i appreciate the quality of the film i do also have problems with it um Thank you and good night. I never quite know how to end those. I'd... Yeah. Um, I would like to read you a quote from a random Scottish woman on the day of Thatcher's funeral. Um, oh. I'd put a stake through her heart and garlic round her neck to make sure she'd never come back. So there you go. Maggie's in the mud, folks. Um, Indeed she is. But yeah. I remember, um, and uh, of course, Sean Locke has, has passed away recently, which is tremendously know, that's, sad. that's dreadful. Um, yeah, but um, it, it, it does remind me of um, what he said when Margaret Thatcher died. Because um, he, he was in an episode of 8 Out of 10 Cats. Um, yeah. I think the host asked him, um, so what do you think about Margaret Thatcher getting a state funeral? And he went, well, you know, it doesn't matter, does it? As long as she's dead. Um, maybe we could sort of load her into a cannon and launch her at the walls of Buckingham Palace so she can be dashed across the front of the building. Splats. Um, yeah, exactly. And I just, I don't know, it's just... that tickled me and it was vaguely relevant so yep. yes i mean another comedian uh, frankie boyle who um i have a mixed sort of opinion of uh when when thatcher died uh they were talking about how much the the funeral would cost on a uh, mock the week and it was like three million pounds or something like that and frankie mm. boyle was like for three million you could give every single person in scotland a shovel and dig a hole so deep we could hand it over to satan personally <laughs> that is true and accurate i have to say yeah very much so um but yeah i think that might be us uh unless you've got anything else lewis i'm afraid i do not know well let's get some shilling yeah while we've talked about how bad capitalism is here's us shilling the fuck out of you um no. we all have link trees 
Uh, Lewis's link tree is linktr.ee slash Lewis underscore Brindley. Mine's is slash O'Hiram. And the podcast is slash Shouting Into The Void. Uh, there you'll find our socials, our Instagram, our YouTube, our Facebook. Go have a look, give us a follow, give us a like. And uh, yeah, stick around for some awesome content. Um, Indeed. We also have a PayPal donate button, so anything you can spare, anything at all, would be greatly appreciated. Uh, we also have Patreon, and we want to... Th- Way. <coughs> right in my ear headphones um we want to take the opportunity as we do every week to thank our wonderful wonderful patrons uh chloe thank you darius thank you peter thank you aditya thank you natalie thank you and doogie thank you one and all you allow us to make this show possible and Quite frankly, your support means the world. Yep. It means the world to see all of you there in the Discord server and see all of you there on Patreon. So thank you, one and all, for your ongoing support. It really does mean the world. Very much so. Um, we also have merch on Teespring and Redbubble. Uh, we sell tote bags. We sell jumpers. We should sell socks. We sell shovels in case you want to <laughs> dig Thatcher's grave again. Uh, we sell all sorts of stuff, so go over... See what you like, see what you don't like, and pick something for yourself, because Christmas is nearly here, you know? Yep. See when Christmas... It's right on the doorstep. See when Christmas does Christmas. come, I'm going to be like, yeah, Easter's nearly here, you know? it's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so please do that. And uh, last but certainly not least, we are partnered with an amazing company called Number 12 Crochet Avenue, and Lewis is going to say some wonderful things about them, all of which are true. Indeed I am. Uh, Number 12 Crochet Avenue is a wonderful company run by my wonderful wife in which they crochet and they're very, very, very good at it. And if you would like to keep up to date with all the good stuff they're doing, give your Instagram feed some beautiful uh, aesthetic content, you can go to at Number 12 Crochet Avenue on Instagram and check them out. Absolutely. Well, um, that's us. Indeed it is. Um, but Lewis, we haven't decided what we're going to be doing next week. <gasps> we haven't. This is true. Yeah. So let's. What are we gonna do? Let's let's look at the, the Patreon. Look at the list. Yeah. Okay. And just um, yeah, just do that. This is live after it's been uploaded. Live and amazing. <laughs> uh, Google Drive. Shit. I should have thought of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Technical technical difficulties, folks. Um, but hey, <laughs> isn't Thatcher an asshole? Whoa. Um, yeah, go on. Vamp for a bit while I log in. Yeah. Um, politics is really about... Um, it's it's about... What's it about, Lewis? It's about uh, um, uh, power and the distribution of it. It's about morals, I suppose. Yeah. And if you've got good morals, then, you know, join our Discord. If you've, um, if you've got bad morals... Join anyway, and we'll bully you off of it. <laughs> um, as you can see... There is so many things on this list. I'm going to send you a link. Right, go on. Go on. Uh, copy link. Uh, um, come on, Lois. They're going to know that this isn't scripted. Go on, I'll put it in the Discord. Um, okay. Uh... Let's see. Come on, come on. Right, I'll I'll spin the wheel. Right. Um. Oh Jesus. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. You ready? 
yes, but I withhold the um, I withhold the right to say let's not do this specific thing. What is it, 170 or something? Come on, we'll go with that. What's up? Okay, spin the wheel. Okay. Uh, woo! Okay, that's 58, which is Baywatch. What the f- <laughs> Oh, damn. Wait. What? It's 13 on my wheel, but never mind. Yeah, 58. Oh, oh woohoo! Oh, how- 58, Baywatch with um, The Rock and Zac Efron and everybody else. That's a nice, light-hearted, oh, fun movie that we could talk about off, off the back of um, off the back of this movie. I, we can do that, can't we? Yeah, I mean, I hated that film, but yeah. Did you really? I thought it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Of course you did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, who recommended it? Uh, this... What was it, 58? This came off a live that we did about a million oh, years ago, God. I'm afraid. Well, I mean, maybe next time, patrons. Uh... <laughs> if you want, we can re-roll to find... Um, yeah, let's, find... let's do one. Okay, let's do a patron one. Let's re-roll one. then. Yeah, okay, right. Hang on, hang on, give me a, give me, oh, give me shit, a minute. Okay, right. I've, the w- I've got to put the right numbers in. The wheel's ready. I'm sure it is. Uh, so that'll be from... 69 <laughs> to um what's the maximum number uh come on come on come on come on come on 173 okay go right okay that's 114 which is uh finding nemo oh okay that's good that's a good movie. That is the first movie I saw at the cinema when I was a little kid. There you go, then. That's a good film. Um, that is a good movie. Okay, Finding Nemo with... I don't, is anybody famous in Finding Nemo? Ellen DeGeneres. Um, ooh. Yeah, we don't like her. Um, um, who, no, we don't. Who recommended it? Uh, Aditya did. Aditya. So thank you very much for Aditya. Thank you. And if you would like to um, suggest or recommend a movie for us to do to put on the... the big old spreadsheet that we've got yeah then you can uh, check out our patreon and see what you think of that yes please do um but apart from that i'll say good afternoon good evening and good night flawless um thank you very much for listening goodbye goodbye <laughs>